Hello and welcome to another edition of the Casual and the Diehards, as I adjust my microphone stand here. My name is Eric Jensen, and I am joined today by good friends Ethan Pierce and Aramis. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. No, Audrey today had a wedding thing, Machia, a double booked, but hopefully we will have her back on the next time we chat, which I think will be in uh, maybe next weekend or uh, um, or another weekend down the road because I think the trade market is about to heat up. Today we are going to talk about uh, the All-Stars, what's going on around the league, and uh, touch on a, some brief trade deadline preview stuff as we uh, rapidly approach this show becoming more of a part of this feed as we'll do more and more towards the end of February uh, while uh, the uh, football show is on break. A little bit of a tease on that. We are going to do one football show this week. Uh, It will be a Super Bowl preview extravaganza. It will be recorded Tuesday night. I cannot tell you who will be on that episode, but hopefully it is a lot of my friends. And then... Either Monday or directly following the Super Bowl late Sunday night, somebody, maybe just me, will will sit down and and talk about the results of the game, and then we'll go on our uh, football hiatus until uh, we hit the free agency period in March. But that's not why we're here today. We're here to talk basketball. Boys, how we doing? Ethan, you're looking fine today. You, you, your hair's a little hair's a little messy. He's, <laughs> it's a little crazy his, right his now. Stash is looking good. He's he's just he's just a man that's all put together. How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, I just gotta say, go Niners! Uh, Super Bowl coming up. They're gonna take the whole thing. I know right. that we all believe in Patrick Mahomes, and I am uh, probably gonna poop my pants a couple of times during the game. But uh, the Niners are gonna make up for the Warriors. Um, deficit this season so that's what's gonna happen very good hopefully that is the case i doubt it though i am I'm picking the chiefs um aramis how are you how are things going in your world man everything's good and ethan i just need to let you know something pat the chiefs gonna win because lebron is getting older and he's gonna retire soon and eric needs a new force of evil and success to plot his hatred on. So Patrick Mahomes will be that void when LeBron leaves. Man. I'm just I'm just spoiling the script for y'all right now, man. It's going to happen. Not this year. It's not your year, Pat. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the NBA. Lots happened in the NBA. Let's, let's start where we traditionally start with a, a vibe check and uh, just how, how we're feeling about our teams. Um, one of us I know is probably very sad. And uh we'll start with probably the happiest person here. It's Aramis. How 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 are we vibing? <laughs> you know, obviously the magic, you know, they've fallen down the standings a little bit. Uh, but you know, still still in still in playoff position. How 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 are we feeling now halfway through this NBA season? It's good. It's all good vibes for me, man, to be honest with y'all. Um we are a young team building up for success, and that's exactly what we're looking like. And we're along the way taking down some big guns, you know what I'm saying? We just beat the Timberwolves, <laughs> that godless franchise, a couple of days ago, you know what I'm saying, uh, or uh, yesterday. So that was good, man, you know. I'm just looking forward to them pushing through, you know. I, I didn't expect them to be the top four, top five like they were earlier in the season. They've dipped back down a little bit to earth. So now, you know, 
Uh, they just just ball out until the um, playoffs come, man. Let's see, let's see what pops, man. Paulo Arthur, you know, life is good. <laughs> life is good. Ethan, the Warriors. I saw Steph scored sixty last night, and uh, they lost. Yep. It's so- uh, it's fun, man. It, it seems like every time they start to get a little bit of momentum this season, they have another one of these like crushing losses. Um, this is, I mean, the amount of close games they've played this year should be illegal. I I forget the exact stat. They've played somewhere around 45 games, probably 35 of them were defined as clutch games, which is within five points with five minutes or less to play. Um, so pretty much every night it's coming down to the final few minutes and, uh, recently more often than not, that results in a loss. Um, they have uh this is the second Saturday in a row that they've lost in overtime um after a curry masterclass. And uh, you know, they're really injured right now. They're they're missing four rotation guys on this road trip. Um, a couple of them should be on their way back soon, so we'll see what how that goes. Obviously, deadline week, a lot of uncertainty around this team. Um we're just gonna have to see. I think in my opinion, the most likely thing remains some sort of a Chris Paul trade. Uh, his expiring salary is just kind of too good to pass up on um, in terms of making a move that can help you now and in the long term. Um, you probably have Moses Moody as the throw in, you know, uh, trade chip there. You have some of your own first round picks you can use. Um, maybe there's something involving Andrew Wiggins, but I doubt that at this point. So we'll just kind of see what they do this week. Uh they're going to do something. Not sure what that something is going to be, whether it's a major move or just something a little bit smaller. Uh, but I think at this point we can confidently say not a contender this year. It's going to be a down season for them. Uh, they might be able to get it together enough to make it into the playoffs and, you know, uh, push a first round opponent to six or seven games. But anything beyond that would be pretty surprising at this point. The only player that's really truly safe on that roster is Steph, right? Uh, it should be Steph, uh, and then a couple of the young guys that are playing really well, Jonathan Kaminga on a big hot streak lately. Uh, he had his name in trade talks a lot, but after the last 10 games or so, he's averaging like 25 points, uh, looking like he's starting to put it together and potentially becoming a star. So he should be safe. And then Brandon Pajemski, our star rookie, 19th pick, having a great rookie season. I would be shocked if they traded him as well. Uh, by all the reports, looks like Draymond and Clay are going to stick around as well. Um, any trade involving those guys would have to be signed off by Steph Curry, and it doesn't sound like he wants to do that completely understandably. Um, everybody else, I think, is on the table. That's solid. Uh, the Jazz, I've uh, been watching a little bit more Jazz recently, um, are a very confusing team to me, you know. Uh Frustrated would be the word I have to describe uh, the the trajectory of the team. Like I, I just, I would like them over this next week, especially with the trade deadline to come out. The only thing that would make me truly angry and and come back on here and and scream offensive words at them and and uh, and provide some some vitriol would be if they did absolutely nothing. I feel like. This is a moment in time during this quote-unquote rebuild that they're going through where they have to make very calculated decisions. And either you're going to suck so you can get a top five to seven lottery pick and you're going to trade away guys like Kelly Olenek 
and Jordan Clarkson, who don't really make sense on this roster right now. And maybe even John Collins, if you can get a good de- deal for him. And if someone comes with a godfather offer for Larry Markinen, maybe him. Or they're aggressive and they use some of those picks to go out and get a DeJounte Murray and maybe like a Mikhail Bridges. And then suddenly you have like a real team that maybe it's not a contender, but it's definitely a playoff team that can learn and grow together. And then maybe you hit on one of those picks that becomes a superstar down the road. I don't know if you guys feel that's a fair assessment, but I'm I'm just tired of... They, they're such a confusing team because they did go on this hot streak and they looked good. But, like, you still see, like, basically every night that they are not a team that is a serious NBA team. Like, I would just like them... And the only way they will ever get to be a serious NBA team because of the restrictions they have in free agency and the fact no one wants to sign here is by drafting a really good player. And if you do not have a top five draft pick, then you are never going to draft a really good player. Also, why are Bryce Sensabaugh and Taylor Hendricks not playing in these games where you're getting blown out by 20 and still in the G League? If they, if If your argument is... They need NBA minutes to get better and they need time to get along and they're so raw and they just, they, they can't play in the NBA yet. Well then play them in the NBA. That is the only way they will learn how to play in the NBA. And if they are so bad that putting them on the court gives you a worse chance at winning, then you've made massive mistakes taking them where you took them. So like, are they draft busts or are they at this point halfway through the season good enough to get like, I'm not asking for much, give them like 10 minutes a game. Like what we're in in these blowouts. It's like, it's crazy to me that they're still with the G league. It's uh, that, that part is frustrating, but I mean, I guess what can you do? I'm, I'm not expecting much at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, especially with like, to your point about the rookies, I think that there's a lot of teams out there that kind of get frustrated by the way their team handles playing their rookie draft picks. Um, it seems like a lot of teams want to take these guys a little slow, especially the guys who are like younger, maybe only did the one and done in college. They're 19 years old, kind of taking it slow, you know, not going to contribute in their rookie season. Maybe won't even contribute in their sophomore season. Uh, sometimes it takes guys a while uh, with how young they're coming into the league these days. So um the Jazz are going to slow play it. I mean, it can be frustrating in the moment, but it may end up being the right call in the long term. I'll, I'll say this, Eric, man. Just dug it out, my man. Just dug it out. Bro. You you, you came in uh, with a great team, amazing team with the Mitchell Gobert teams winning 50 games and, you know, looking like a real playoff threat out there. And, you know, this is kind of what happens when they blow it up, bro. I don't know what else to say, man. They, in a transitional phase, and we're lucky enough to still have some decent players on the Jazz, you know, so we'll see what they do. I'll agree with you on this, though. I hope they do pick a direction here for you sooner or later. I can't have my man pulling his hair out all goddamn every goddamn basketball season. So hopefully they, you know, either pick up some cats or just get rid of, you know, whoever they can for some picks, whichever whichever direction they feel like they need to go in to get it up. But I'll, I'll, I'll give Danny Ainge some leash since he's been, you know, cobbling together play uh final team stuff like that. But that's just my that's just that's how I'm feeling about it right now. You know, for what it's worth, there's been a lot of 
uh, smoke out there on Kelly Olynyk. I uh, would not be shocked if he is the guy that gets flipped this week. Um, beyond that, who knows? Yeah, I don't think it makes sense for Jordan Clarkson to play in many more Jazz games. I like he is like he's getting older. Like, doesn't like I I'd be shocked if he's actually happy with like the direction the team is going. Like, doesn't he want to win or like chase a ring at some point? Like, I I I feel like he's the guy that you have to sell because he does have like really good value like i think you could get like some young pieces and like a, a you know a lottery pick for him yeah i mean my vibe check is that clarkson just really likes utah uh it seems to me like every interview and, and thing that i've seen with him it seems like he enjoys living here um and he just signed a big contract extension last summer the jazz paid him a lot of money so um I doubt he gets traded this week uh at some point in the duration of this contract yeah maybe that's this summer who knows um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of noise out there on him right now. There's been a little bit of Knicks rumors, which would be interesting. Um, other than that, who knows? Mm. Well, Ethan, are you sure they could take uh, take care of that contract when they're playing a trade for LeBron this offseason? Um, hey, this man, <laughs> you never you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, big news, which is that uh, the – Milwaukee Bucks fired their head coach Adrian Griffin and uh hired um Doc and who whose name I don't really know. I just know him as Doc. They hired Doc. So he he's 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 a guy in Milwaukee now. That's great. I mean he's got a history of losing in the second round. So like I mean <laughs> I mean like good luck with that. Like I, I guess I guess you're just gonna lose in the second round to like Philadelphia or something like good like good luck but yeah I, I mean it makes sense he's a guy that's like a highly regarded NBA coach and they're a very talented team and they're looking to win a title so you know hope it hope it works out for him they they came back last night in in Dallas um I watched some of that game and Ian Aramis are going to go see Giannis today so I I feel like they've had kind of a rough start with Doc as their head coach. They've lost some of their games recently, but I feel like as time goes on, the system will get more put in place and hopefully they'll be uh they'll be rolling by uh by playoff time. What do you what do you think about uh trade outlook for for the Bucks, Ethan? Like do you think they, they look to add something at, at the deadline or or are they pretty set with what they've got on the roster, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't make a move, actually. Um, I think that this is a team that, you know, changing your coach midseason is obviously a pretty big move, especially for a team that's still in title contention. Um, we have really never seen a team that's this good change their coach outside of like the Cavs when they got rid of David Blatt and brought in Tyron Lue um, back in like 2016 with the LeBron team. Um but yeah, the Bucks are, are going to be making some big changes, I would imagine, uh, to kind of fit this roster better around Dame and Giannis and, and their new coach with Doc Rivers. Um, you would hear names like Bobby Portis out there. He's been playing well, but his contract just kind of makes him a trade chip. Um, Pat Connaughton is a name to watch. Uh, they got a couple younger guys, maybe Marjan Bochamp, who was a first-round pick uh, last year. Um, could be like a pot sweetener kind of guy. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some sort of a trade. It's not going to be anything huge um, because they just simply don't really have any assets left after they made the Damian Lillard trade. 
Um, not a ton of picks left at all. So it's just going to be maybe a lateral move to kind of fix their positional needs or something like that. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them make some sort of trade this week. Um, like I said, not going to be like a blockbuster name, but I think the Bucks are motivated to kind of, you know, really optimize this as best as they can. And I'll, and I'll add this on there, not for really any trade pieces for them, but like for the team that they have as a whole, they got, they got a, they got a decent roster, man. They got some, of course you got Damon Giannis over there. Um, Oh my goodness, Mikhail! What? What's the dude? What's the shooting guard Middleton? on their team? Yeah, Mikhail, not Middleton. The other one, the one they recently picked oh, up. Oh, um, yeah, Malik Beasley. Probably name, Malik Beasley. Yeah, he seems like he's been pretty good for them. Um, you know, he can at least spot up threes, playing pretty good, decent defense, in my opinion. The thing I worry about most with Milwaukee now is their midseason acquisition of Doc Rivers. Um, Eric, you mentioned he has a history of second round. On X's man, and the thing that will really kill this Bucks is the Bucks team chances if 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 it happens is he he makes baffling play calls towards you know the towards in clutch situations like it's it's funny enough to see a player choke you know what I'm saying missing shots missing free throws whatever but Doc is one of them cats who will put the wrong dudes in at the wrong times or not call the time at the right time that can really just I don't know, crush teams' chances at, you know, winning at the highest level. I mean, he did it in 08, but that's about two – oh, that's a decade ago, my friend. So, we're going to – he got – he – to me, he has something to prove, man. He was out of the league for a reason, and we'll see going forward. I don't know if Giannis is talented enough to save it. I hope he is, but that's a whole lot of bad juju coming in in the middle of the year, man. We will see on that. The Lakers uh... – continue to be the Lakers of the past few years. And uh, this one kind of surprises me. Didn't, like, what happened to all the good they did, like, in the second half of last year in the playoffs? <laughs> like, is Jared Vanderbilt just bad now? Like, is Austin Reeves just bad now? Like, how, how, how are they back in the exact same situation that they were in literally a year ago. Like, they're the exact same team every single year, it feels like. And then they always get it together in the second half and, like, make a, you know, a surprise win or two in the playoffs. But, like, if it felt like they had, like, some continuity at least going into this year. Like, what, what went wrong for them? Like, has LeBron really regressed that much? Or, like, what's what what's happening here with, with the Lakers? It's the Lakers, man. They, they tend to do stuff like well, this. Eric- it's it's just like the fast, you know, they always want to make a move and get out on top and get ahead. And it might work for a little while, but it's clear they were overmatched in the playoffs. You know, despite the fact they made the conference finals, they were never going anywhere past that. And, the you know, to your question, Austin Reeves kind of had a little bit of a downturn at the start of the season. He's back to playing a little bit better, but he was kind of, you know, under the radar a little bit. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt missed a ton of time. He actually just got hurt again. Um, and there's fear that it could be season ending for him, a foot injury. Um, so we'll see if he's able to make it back or not. Regardless, going to be out for a little while. They're going to make another big panic trade this week. We all know it. It's the Lakers. They're going to do something with D'Angelo Russell. Um, maybe it's DeJounte Murray. Maybe it's DeMar DeRozan. Um, but they're going to trade for a big name and see if they can make it work. So that's the Lakers for you. Um, it's just who they are at this point. Um, 
who do who do they even? I know they're gonna go for Mur the Murray from ATL or like maybe I've heard. God forbid, this name Miles Bridges been put out there a lot for a lot of teams. People want to pick him up. Like they can make a move as much as they want to and get that big name star. And from what I've been seeing and hearing from Lakers fans specifically, been watching all their games and all that stuff. Um, their coach is apparently a terrorist. Um. He's been starting weird lineups. He's been starting his players that he's loved in Atlanta when he was coaching over there. And he's been letting the guys who are more talented, like like an Austin Reeves, having him come off the bench, like a D'Angelo Russell. Jesus, making him cry for, for how stressed out he's been for not getting any opportunities. Now he's balling out. Like, I I think the Lakers have a have a good and decent enough roster to push for a finals appearance right now, as is. But it's just how you put them out there, man. I mean, Rui Hachimura was killing it in the playoffs. Nowhere to be seen for Torian Prince minutes. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt, like you said, man, might as well have kept him in Utah, bro, because he at least would have got playing time out here. It's just it's baffling to me how how they're putting their putting their roster out and how they're playing their stuff, you know. And of course, Eric, I know you're in love with this, seeing LeBron and them struggle, but also the rumor mill out there has been like I mentioned, LeBron getting traded somewhere. Would you, what would y'all say if that happened? Where would y'all, if it ever would happen, didn't, like to see him at? You didn't know, literally what, the, the most check powerful check? man in the NBA, his agent Rich Paul, just come out and say he's not being traded. That is correct, hey, you, Eric. You know LeBron lies. You so you Listen, know what what what's the place, bro? All I gotta <laughs> say is it's deadline week. Just. <laughs> Everything is out there for a reason. You know the media game, Eric. Everything is out there for a reason. So just because Rich Paul's saying that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Ethan, would you like LeBron in a uh, blue and gold jersey? Would Dude, I was thinking you? about this. I've been telling people <laughs> I really think that they would do it. I really, really do. Like, maybe it's not this deadline. And who knows, like, with, with Bronny and, and whatnot and how much longer LeBron wants to play. I think he does want to play with Curry. I really do think he wants to play at least a year with Steph. That's just the vibe I get. So um, how that happens, different question. But the chance is not zero. Hmm. I'd love to see it, man. Okay. Ethan, walk me through what is happening with Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, so he's got an injury. Um, what exactly that injury is or at, what their treatment plan for it is, is um, pretty unknown still at this point. Um, what we've heard so far is that he's got a torn flap off of his meniscus, I believe was the, the terminology. Um, he's He had that injury against the Warriors on Tuesday night. Um, prior to that, he was playing a little bit injured, uh, had had another knee thing. The team has said that these two injuries are unrelated. So he didn't just re-injure this because he played on it. Um, it is a separate injury that occurred when they were, you know, diving for a loose ball. Kaminga kind of landed on top of Embiid's leg and twisted something up a little bit. So regardless, uh, he's going to be out for a little while, uh, whether that is the rest of the season or a couple of months. Who knows? Um he's still apparently weighing whether he wants to get surgery or whether he wants to try to just do rest and rehab and kind of ride it out and try to come back sooner from that. So 
We'll see. Uh, either way, his MVP campaign is most likely over um, with the new 65 game rule. He's not going to meet that threshold given this new injury, and he's already kind of leaning up against that anyway. Um, so, yeah, he's probably not going to win the MVP. If he does come back, it'll be in a little while, and um, we'll see if the Sixers can make a run in the playoffs. But uh, it was a team that started off really hot, and, um, you know, this is a, a pretty big blow for their chances, uh, you know, considering that this could be a season-ending thing for the front runner for the MVP. So tough blow all around. And obviously it gets exacerbated because he, he, he really, but I mean, you don't want to blame the media for literally just covering the game, but like the, the fact he didn't play Jokic the night before and there's mass social media outcry about like, Oh my God, why isn't the best player playing? And I get that. I'm part of that. But like, Here's here's where I'm at with all this. I I wanted to. You guys know me. I, I'll let you guess. Even how many NBA games have I watched over the past month? Uh, five. <laughs> yeah, about. I wanted to watch. Yeah, you know, I've been much more locked into the NHL this year, and I wanted to watch basketball this week because the NHL's on All Star break, and Wednesday night you got Thunder T Wolves. And uh, Mavs, and who else was it? Mavs and... It was Denver, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, other way around. Mavs, T-Wolves, and then Thunder and Nuggets. And I I was like, oh, great. Both these games start at the same time. I've got NBA League Pass. I'll switch back and forth. Players who weren't playing in those games, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> like, and who Kyrie Irving, and it's like, okay, well, they're they're like four of the six best players in those games just gone, and I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. Like, I like Anthony Edwards, so I just switched it off and and did something else with my night. But it's like at, at some point the NBA is gonna have to bite the bullet and be like, okay, our our ratings suck, which which they they continue continuously do like part of the reason the nfl is successful is because of its scarcity like i don't think people recognize that like people watch nfl football religiously because there are only 16 games like an 18 now i guess so i know that they'll never do this because it'll ruin the cap and the players will never go for it and the owners will never go for it but if you're going to say, like, you have to play a minimum of 65 games to, like, qualify for all this stuff, just, like, do the logical thing and just make the season 65 games long and get rid of these other 20 games and, and take, you know, just, like, make this not the longest regular season of any sport other than baseball. Like, I don't know what it is about the NBA, but like it feels like it goes forever. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Like hockey, hockey has 82 games and it doesn't even feel like the grind that the NBA season is. Like I don't I don't know why that is. I I couldn't tell you, but it just feels like at some point we're gonna have to realize people don't watch your regular season because your best players refuse to play until the playoffs, you know? And it's just like, 
that's that's coming from me at casual like i i get that like you're interested in lou dort ethan but like i i i personally do not care for lou dort like i i want to watch nikola Jokic play and that you know Jokic has missed literally one game this year and that was that game but like still like your biggest stars are like missing these marquee games and it's like well what, what's the point then i i i don't know i mean i get it man like it, it's not just you and like you know other casuals who have this take right nba fans also feel this way you know it, it's kind of a problem that may not have a solution or at least not an easy one they're trying to you know encourage guys to play more with the 65 game rule and a lot of people are pissed about that we'll kind of see how this shakes out as time goes on um lowering the amount of games i think would be ideal um even just to the 72 like say we chop 10 games off the schedule um and just kind of lower it a little bit and see what happens i i think you know and spread out the games right no back-to-backs like back-to-backs are where players always rest um and uh just eliminate those all together you know keep the season the same length of time just spread the games out a little bit more um and see what you can do but um it, it's it's not going to be something that is solved overnight um they're trying things clearly but you know, it's it's not quite taking hold just yet. Yeah, um, I I actually landed on the exact answer that you were suggesting, Eric. Um, just cut the game to to me, like Ethan said, seventy two games, just a chop the ten off, and um, let players get a little bit more time, you know, between games, a little bit more breaks between games, and then ramp it up during the playoffs. You can keep that the same because mostly players are gonna be injured out or hurt anyways playing that amount or at least that condensed amount of time. So. Just is what it is. It's unfortunate that it failed this grinded out. You know, it is fun to see newer talents pop off and whatnot. But, I mean, like you said, most people aren't interested in the product and interested in seeing some of these other newer, more niche guys, then that's not going to, you know, save or answer any problems. So, hopefully they, hopefully this helps. Hopefully some, they figure out some way to help it out. But we'll see, man. It is what it is at this point. I hope Giannis plays when we go tonight. That's what I was, uh, that was, uh, what I was, uh, looking up right now. I was looking at, uh, gold Andy Larson's, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter feed and no updates, but that would suck if Giannis didn't play tonight. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the all-stars. And at, at, at this point, it's a player league. We know this. Let's talk about the teams, the players. Let, let's just get an overview of where we're at this season. I want to do this by the, the NBA All-Star lists are out. Um, feels like we have a pretty decent idea of, of who's playing. So I want to just compile our, uh, our casual, as I type this out, our casual and the diehards top 10 NBA players. Let's just visit that right now. And uh, I think let's start with the easy part, which is maybe let's, let's, let's save like, let's save less. So, um, technical debates of like who's better than who for another time let's just kind of break this into tiers like i think there's 
a very clear elite tier of NBA players that has about three or four players. And then there's a secondary kind of top five tier, which is you could put any of these players at five and there are four or five players in that. And then there are a few players underneath that, that uh, break it down to 10. So I'm just going to, I, I think this will be a fun exercise and tell me if you disagree. I'll just tell you guys, because someone posed this on Twitter that I used to work with, who are the top five NBA players right now? And I here's here's my easy list. Uh, there are three that you have to put in because they're no-brainers. And that's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Those are, those are kind of the no-brainer, like, top five guys. Would you guys agree with that? Um, yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. Four, I think you have to put him there simply because of the absurd numbers. I don't know if he's the most well-rounded player in the world. Some people don't like him now for some reason. Like it's the, the opinion on Luka Doncic has, is, is fascinating to me. seems like a lot of people hate him, uh, which is a, a really interesting kind of take. A lot of people think he's a dirty player. So I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm I I I kind of uh, I'm interested by that, but I think you have to put Luca in at four, and then five. You could put this is where this next tier comes in, and where I'm going to need your help. But here's who I'm going to propose at five, and and the first team I think I want to talk about today, KD. I think that you really can't look past what. He's done this year at his age, coming off all the injuries he's come off, and say he is not a top five player in the NBA. He is absolutely insane at scoring. He's still a pretty good defender. And the Suns, they're kind of in the middle of the pack because, well, they don't defend still, as we've been talking about over the last few months when we've convened. But they score a lot of points, and they have two very good players in Devin Booker and KD on the team. And, uh, you know, Beasley's getting back to to health and, and playing well as well. But I, I do feel like to me, KD, despite his age, he's he's still a top five NBA player. Um, you know what? I'll uh, I'll go ahead and agree with that, man. I think KD is um he's definitely in the in the top five. I don't I don't know if I'd rank him exactly at five where you have him might put him down the list, but he's definitely in the top you know, in the top ten of the top players today, he um, I think, man, what he what's been going on with him these last couple of years and the losing and the, like as ridiculous as it is, and this is regular season stuff we're talking about, and it should remain that, but the losing that he's been doing with the Brooklyn Nets and the trip team hopping and all that other stuff, it's like he left the last couple of years, and I think that's a tax that he's paying the penalty for currently with disrespect being put on him as like. No, not a top ten player, you know. But I think he's, I think he's still up there, and I, I'll give him that top five spot that you got him there. Uh, yeah, I think it's a a fine take. I, Katie, you know, he's in this tier for sure between five to seven. I think it's totally valid. All right, this is where I'm going to need help from you guys because now it just becomes a wild mess of players that I don't know, like. I box score watch. And the one thing I've noticed is basically every star player in the NBA drops 30 on a nightly basis now. Like that is 
Like if you have an, a, a true all-star, like someone on one of these East or West conference teams, like most nights they're putting up like 28 points minimum and maximum they're going for 50. And they, you know, it feels like in the NBA, you know, 50 is the new 30 and, and 30 is just kind of the baseline now. Like, I don't know if you guys agree with that or disagree with that, but this that's where we're at with with all these big scoring nights that we've had over the past month. And I just feel like it's harder to differentiate the top 10 players in the NBA because so many of these guys are able to step on a basketball court every night in the hardest basketball league in the world and easily drop 30 points like it's child's play, more or less. Yeah, I mean, um, that's just the inflation of of offense in today's league. And that's that's a topic for a different day, right? But, like, you're right. People are going crazy on the scoring. Uh, speaking of that, you got to throw my guy Steph Curry in there. Uh, he dropped yeah. 60 last night. He's, yeah. I think he's right there with KD. Um, both of these guys, you know, getting older, but still clearly producing at a very high level. Um, so I think you throw Steph in there at number six. Um and I think LeBron's going to be somewhere in the top 10. I'm not sure if I'd have him directly after Curry, but he's going to be within the next couple of spots for sure. So these old guys still getting it done. Yeah. One name we need to throw on the list. And I might actually personally, no, not for the purpose of LeBron James is averaging 24 points a night. I know. It's... That's the 17th best. Oh in the NBA. my he's, God. He's How rebounding. Dare... He's assisting. <laughs> he's still LeBron, man. Yeah, I know. Eric, it's not know. all about it's scoring. Really hard. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we should really talk shit about the most highest scoring player in NBA history and how he puts the ball in the basket. My bad. Um, like, um, another guy I think I put up actually close to the Luca spot, man. SGA for this yeah. year specifically. He's been dominating over there in OKC. And you know, I'm a oh, I I used to be OKC hater, man. I was wondering about how Shea would do this year, and he's been balling out, man. He's been he's definitely. I think he's in that top four, top five of MVP conversations currently going on, uh, you know, below Joel and the rest of them guys we have up there. So he's a name we need to throw up there for sure. Yeah. SGA and LeBron go on the list. LeBron grudgingly. So that, that leaves <laughs> that's that list filled out pretty quick. So yeah. There, there's only yeah. like two spots left. I, so I've like, got a who, couple names for you. Um, just to consider so we have two slots left um these are the guys that i have in contention uh we should talk about jason tatum yeah um you should talk about jimmy butler even though he's missed a lot of games so i don't know if i'd throw him up there um Kawhi regular season healthy. Either. Yeah. yeah jimmy butler's a playoff guy you're right um Kawhi yeah. leonard's healthy again so i'd put him in the conversation yeah uh, devin booker um for phoenix um, and I think that's about everybody that should be mentioned. Talk to me about the Clippers because, yeah, you are right. It is wild what happens when Kawhi Leonard doesn't hurt himself every game. Like he is still legitimately the best two-way player in the NBA. They have the sixth best defense in the league. They're fourth in the West, but they're not that many games out of first. James Harden seems to be that that experiment seems to be working. I don't see clips of Russell Westbrook doing anything super stupid. Like how how did this all come together? It feels like they are a team with a very real shot at getting out of the West. 
they're healthy and they're rolling. It, it somehow it just came all together for them. Um, I remember last time we were here, Eric, I told you that they were going to like sputter to 500 and not figure it out. Cause that was, you know, right after they had traded for Harden and they were struggling, but I could not have been more wrong. They, they're really putting it together right now. Um, I think the biggest surprise is that they've just been completely healthy. Kawhi Leonard has missed, you know, maybe five games all season. If that, um, similar story with Paul George Harden has been completely healthy since he's been traded there. So, uh, they've got everybody there. The team is clicking. They've got their role players playing well. Um, and, uh, they are currently one game back the first in the West. Um, the top three teams are all tied with 15 in the loss column. So, uh, it's anybody's conference right now. And, uh, the Clippers are playing just as well as anybody in the entire NBA. Um, they have a big win over the Celtics recently, um, on the road in Boston, um, this is clearly a threat. It's crazy, but they are. Yeah, it is crazy that they are legitimately a, a threat in all this. So I, I, I do feel like he, he, he deserves a shout for the, for the top 10, which I do feel, I feel pretty confident just saying Kawhi and, and Jason Tatum can, can finish out the list but let's just get into yeah. some of these other uh all-stars here and guys that i think are are kind of fascinating uh to talk about because we've talked about most of the starters um but jalen brunson i want to talk about the knicks what a, it, it it is a crazy story that he 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 was the second round guy uber successful at Villanova somehow fell all the way down in the draft develops in, in, in Dallas, isn't much of a, of a player averages about 10 points a night for the first two years of his career. Luca goes down in that playoff series. He carries the Mavs over the jazz. Um, I, I remember that playoff series very vividly, Ethan. I don't know if you do it too. We were sitting at a table at a, at a, uh, at a uh, Utah Daily Chronicle award yeah. show and yep. watching watching on Fubo on your phone as Jalen Brunson incinerated the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, but that series uh, was fun. But he goes <laughs> to New York. He takes them as far as they've been in the playoffs in a decade last year, and then he comes back and he does the same thing this year. And now they're looking to be buyers at the deadline potentially, and. It's almost like, you know, I, we've been talking about this on this podcast for a while now, but like Donovan Mitchell wants to go play there, but like Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson don't fit together. Like they're, they're, they're both ball dominant players and Jalen Brunson is their guy. Like they just need to surround Jalen Brunson with some more three point shooters and, and someone that's not Julius Randle. And the Knicks are a legitimate contender. In the East, it is kind of crazy how how well that contract has paid off for them. And finally, it feels like they do have their star that they can kind of build around and and be a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, um, I know they've been talking about targeting the dude across the bridge and Mikael Bridges um, over there for Brooklyn. Um. So I think a piece like that, you know, they got Josh Hart, three and D, good player. Um, Mitch Robinson's going out, but that that uh, 
excuse my language to both of y'all specifically, that white boy that they have playing big for them now that Mitchell Roberts is out, man, he's been killing it for them. Um, Julius Randle is Julius Randling it up, you know, uh, throwing fit to the beginning, and now he's starting to even out and average them high-scoring games, even though he just got injured again. Poor guy. Um, there, It's coming together for Jalen Brunson, man. He's a dude who – and he's like – like y'all said, he's a good – He's a good dude. He know how to. He knows how to run an offense. Knows how to run a show. Good for good for Knicks fans, man. Good for them. Yeah, um, this is a team to watch this week. Uh, you mentioned the LeBron James thing. Obviously, probably not <laughs> going to happen, but uh, wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah, we'll see if they make a trade. Uh, Julius Randall out for a couple of weeks um, could put a little damper on their party going on right now, but. The OG Ananobi trade looks great, uh, playing well, looked like a real threat in the East, especially with uh, Philly maybe on the, the downturn now that Embiid's going to be out for a little while. I want to talk briefly about the Pacers and uh, Tyrese Halliburton oh. is now on this list. They also trade for Pascal Siakam, and suddenly, oh, man, this uh, – they're maybe not where they should be in the standings uh, based on kind of the talent they have, and maybe they're still kind of figuring it out a little bit. But what about the Pacers? It does feel like it does feel like sneaky the Eastern Conference is very strong this year. Like if you look just at the teams in those five through eight spots, because you have the Cavs, who, shocker, we talked about this literally in, in day one about how uh, they don't play any defense. Well, guess what? They're the second best defensive team in the NBA at this point. I don't know how that happened with Donovan Mitchell on your roster, but if you take that into the playoffs with one of the best playoff scorers of the past decade in Donovan Mitchell on your roster, look out. We're getting back to what Ethan has been talking about for the past year or two, but they are a legitimate finals contender. And then you've got the Pacers with all their talent. You've got the Heat. You know Jimmy Butler's going to show up in the playoffs, and they just added Terry Rougier. And then, you know, the Magic, who who are the Magic, and they'll, they'll probably get swept. But still, like, the, the, the oh bottom of the East is very, uh, very, very interesting, specifically those those five through eight spots to me. I'm sorry. I was trying to listen about you talking about the Pacers and then you immediately pivoted to every other team in the goddamn Eastern Conference. All the disrespect you're throwing on that team, bro. Uh, no, Tyrese, we're going to be back to the point. Tyrese Halliburton has been playing amazing. Got, you know what I'm saying? Glad he's back healthy. Glad he's going to be able to represent for Indiana. Um, Pascal Siakam trade. I mean, first couple games, you know, got to get acclimated. He's been I feel like he's been balling out ever since. They're gonna like, like you said. I'll give you this, man. You're true. Uh, they're gonna. There's gonna be a tough road to the finals out in the Eastern Conference, man. There's gonna be a lot of dog fights and a lot of, a lot of ass whoopings being thrown back and forth, man. So it's gonna, you know, as always, NBA playoffs gonna be real exciting this year, man. I can't wait to see how everything comes together. Yeah, Eric, I think you're right with the top eight being really good. Um, cause once you get to like nine is the Chicago bulls and the Hawks at 10, it's like, eh, okay. Uh, but they'll probably lose in the play in anyway. Uh, the heat and above all very good teams, uh, to your point about the Pacers, 
Um, I think the reason that they are a little inconsistent right now is they are a big offensive threat and not very much of a defensive one. Um, every single Pacers game ends like 145 to 142. It's like just a complete shootout every single time, which is really fun to watch, but not going to win you many games when it comes to, you know, playoffs and, and NBA finals contention. Uh, but at least they can keep up in the regular season and all that. Um, a lot of fun. You know, Halliburton's been a little injured recently, but it looks like he's you know, back healthy for good now. Um, and the Siakam trade, we're going to kind of have to see how they gel over the next few months. Um, this is a team that's still obviously like a couple years away from really contending for a title, but I really like the foundation they built. So they're a lot of fun. Where are we at on the Cavs? Uh, they are finally getting healthy now. I believe Evan Mobley returned recently. Um, Darius Garland's been back for a couple of games now. They were both out for uh, an extended period of time with injuries. Um, and the Cavs were red hot with or without him. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's been on a tear. Um, Jared Allen's been playing really well. Uh, and their defense is killing people and uh, got them top three in the East currently. So um, they're kind of putting it together at this point as well. Um they're a team with, you know, speaking of deadline week, I don't know if I see a move coming out of Cleveland. I think their move is just getting everybody healthy and seeing what they can do. They've been on so much of a roll that it doesn't really make sense to make a major trade. So um, table the Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks thing for now, Eric. I know you love to talk about that every single time we do this podcast, but uh, maybe one day it'll happen. But uh, for the time being, we'll see if Cleveland can kind of fix some of their woes from last year that happened in the playoffs against the said New York Knicks. Um, see if they can kind of fix some of the things that went wrong for them in that series and maybe get out of the first round this time. Um, yo, man, they got Donovan Mitchell. And you know me, baby. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for man to get a chip before the other guy. So let's go, man. Keep the beef for life. Okay, let's talk about trade candidates and uh and get out of here because i think that that'll that'll give us a good overview of the rest of the league so the guys that are kind of getting hype right now mikhail bridges Dejounte murray kyle kuzma bruce brown and uh you guys have jordan clarkson anyone else on that list you know obviously zach levine was on it but then season ending foot injury kind of ended that yeah i mean i think those are the Big, big names. Um, Throw in like DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic, Alex Caruso, like the entire Bulls roster, pretty much. Um, <laughs> at least it should be. I, their front office is apparently very reluctant to do anything, so we'll see. Um, Bojan Bogdanovic with the Pistons. Um, Throw in Kyle Lowry, who already has been traded. He's most likely a buyout guy, but could get flipped again. Uh, similar deal with Chris Paul, old-ass point guard making a lot of money, but Maybe somebody wants you as an expiring deal. Um, there's a couple other guys out there, but those are the big, big names. So, who are the buyers? Who are the buyers this uh, this deadline? Do we think? Yeah, I mean, it's generally just going to be contenders. Um, out of teams that have like flexibility to make a pretty big move, um, I throw the Knicks in there. Uh, the Seventy Sixers are always going to be aggressive with their Amori. Um, Boston, I think, is looking for a bench upgrade. They don't really have assets to make a big trade. Milwaukee, similar story. Um, you know, Miami's always going to be lurking out there. They already made the Rogier trade, but I think they're going to be looking to maybe do something else. 
OKC's got the war chest of assets that they can use to uh, upgrade their number one seed Thunder roster. Um, in the West, you know, I think everybody's kind of mostly going to stand pat outside of that. I mean, the Lakers are going to make a trade. Um, Dallas has continued to be aggressive, I believe. Uh, the Pelicans have some flexibility here and there. I think the Warriors will make a trade this week. Um, those are some potential buyers. Anyone he missed, Aramis? Um, no, not for buyers. No, not really. I know you hoping that we say Utah, man. I know you're praying for it, but I don't. I don't know. They might just stand packed and be mid the rest of this season. Maybe do something in the off season, draft Ronnie James, something like that. Um, yeah, no, man. They're, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. Ethan, Ethan's on top, man. He knows his NBA stuff, man. Okay, I'm gonna go back and forth between you two. And uh, give me some predictions on where guys end up here. Uh, DeJounte Murray. Who's going first? Ethan first. Okay. Um, For DeJounte, I think it's going to be the Lakers, man. I think that um, there's been a lot of smoke and and they're desperate to make a trade. Um, And it seems like that's the thing that's been most talked about, so. We'll go with the Lakers. Aramis Bruce Brown. Um, <laughs> Bruce Brown, I could see him. Um, oh man, the Denver Nuggets going back. I know they're missing. They're they're missing. They miss him, man. Either the Denver, no, no, they not do. the Nuggets. The New York Knicks. I know the Denver Nuggets probably want him back the most. You know, having him back there, being a productive part of the offense, knowing what's up. But I think the Knicks are looking for another. You know, a guy like that, and if they can't get um bridges, they're gonna go after the why not go after Bruce Brown, man? Yeah, I can see it. Ethan, the guy I pray gets traded the most, our boy Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I, I need to see Kyle Kuzma in the playoffs this year. I'm tired of the like he is routinely averaging about twenty seven points a game. Like yeah. he's a really good player. He does not belong on the Washington Wizards. Where's Kyle Kuzma going? Let me – it's tough. I, I'm flip-flopping between a couple of Western teams. I almost want to throw out the Sacramento Kings, but I'm not Ooh. sure if they would do it. Um, maybe there's like a Harrison Barnes thing there and some picks. Um, but I, my official answer will be the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they're Ooh. looking for an upgrade at forward. Um, they have some salaries that they can kind of throw together and make a deal happen. Um, and I think Dallas is going to do something this week. So. Um, Kuzma, maybe I like that. Aramis Jordan Clarkson. Oh, where would Jordan Clarkson go? Um, and he really wants to stay in Utah, man. After what Ethan was saying, bro, he's a good case. Um, where do I see him? Bro? Um, probably someone like his, like, a it feels like a fail safe Laker guy. If they can't get anybody else that they want, if they can't go yeah. out and get Murray, um feel like Clarkson will be a good pickup for them, will be a good, you know, good little change of pace for them and all that stuff. That's it, man. The guy I'm most fascinated by and that I think will be traded the most is Mikael Bridges, Ethan. Where where do you think he ends up? I think realistically he stays with the Nets. Oh, um, okay. I, I don't know. I mean, all the reporting we've had is that the Nets, like, they really love him and they want to hold on to him and they've deemed him untouchable. Um, 
there's a price that can be had on everybody. And the team that I've heard a lot from Mikhail is the Houston Rockets mm. um, that have offered to give the Nets back a bunch of their picks that they got in the James Harden trade um, from a few years ago. Uh, and if you're Brooklyn, that's an enticing offer, you know, to kind of be able to tank again now that you have all your first round picks back um, from Houston. That could be something that they would consider. Uh, so if he does get moved, I would say Houston. Um, but I think most likely he remains a net. Um, and maybe they circle back to that this summer or, or sometime later. Okay. Aramis, let's say Danny Ainge gets really crazy and depresses me and trades Laurie Markinen. Where is he going? Um, well, to depress you, of course he's going to the Los Angeles Lakers for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. <laughs> no, for um where um <laughs> I think it'd be an interesting fit in Dallas, actually. If they can't get Kyle Kuzo to play the forward at front, I think Laurie could fit in well with what they got going on, you know what I'm saying? The other thing is I do think it's the Thunder. I think it has yeah. to be the Thunder. Oh. Like, if the Thunder were ever like, okay, we're done, we, we feel like we have our top five NBA player in Shea, and, like, we want another guy, like, I feel like that would make a lot of sense. And they can do it too. They got all the draft picks, yeah, and a, and a couple of extra young guys that aren't playing. So, um, if Danny wants a wants a package, OKC is the team to go to for it. Right. Yeah, man. That's a complete miss by me. He's been in reports with the Thunder, been interested in him. So yeah, man, that'd be a great. Yeah. I I doubt they trade him, but if they do, that that team makes the most sense for sure. Gotcha. All right, let's finish up with a little bit of. Use you just take the mic and tell me what what's something you're interested in in the NBA that we haven't touched on today. I'll start with you, Ethan. Oh uh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. Something I'm interested in. Let me. Let me I'll go. I'll go standings. first. Let me go okay, first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I know everyone's talking about Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. Oh my fucking god! But. God damn, if Brandon Miller hasn't been an absolute <laughs> stud over the past month. I mean, the guy the guy is basically averaging 30 over the past month. He is a three-level scorer and uh, looks pretty damn good to me. I feel like, you know, despite the fact he may have aided someone in murdering someone, like he, he seems like he's he could be a potential star for them there. And suddenly... Maybe you get Lamelo Ball playing back good. You know, the Charlotte Hornets maybe aren't that far away from a, a rebuild to becoming a more competitive team, you know? Yeah, I like that. That is a that is a non-casual take from Eric Jensen there. I, I'm impressed yeah. you've been watching Brandon Miller, or at least keeping That's, up with I've it. been seeing some Brandon Miller highlights occasionally. There you go. And I like what I see. So he's a, he's a, he's a solid dude. All right, Aramis, you first. Um, something that I mentioned we haven't talked about yet. Um, what the fuck is up with Doc Rivers and the NBA, dude? What dirt does he have on them? He's coaching the all. He uh is coaching the All Star game for the Eastern Conference, despite um being there for three games and the Eastern Conference. I don't know if a report came out about was not being interested in coaching that, but um. It just feels like some dirty man just going on with that. Or like, just hops right back into being confident. fine, you know, stuff like that. But hopping into the All-Star game feels, feels a little extra to me. Now. I'm not going to lie to you. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that's one of the weirdest things that we've had is just like the way that they do the rulings for who coaches the all-star game and a, a really good team firing their coach just leads to Doc Rivers being the uh, random all-star head coach this year. So <laughs> who could have seen that coming? I mean, crazy. Um, uh, For my part, the thing that I'm interested in, Eric kind of inspired me. I'm going to go with another Charlotte Hornets topic. Um. Cool. And, and see who they're going to end up trading away. Um, Miles Bridges is the name right now. Uh, Phoenix is being rumored as interested in him. Any team that trades for him, get ready for the PR shitstorm. But uh, if he can help you win basketball games, we all know that, uh, you know, everybody's going to be interested. So um, he shouldn't even be in the league, but uh, we'll see where he ends up getting traded this week. And then the other name for sure is Gordon Hayward. Um you know, getting older. I believe he's on an expiring deal. Maybe he has two years left. Um, regardless, a guy that could maybe help a contender um, if he can ever stay healthy. Um, if the Hornets are intent on blowing it up, you got like PJ Washington on a, on a pretty team friendly deal that could be enticing to a lot of teams. Um, Nick Richards as like a cheap backup center. Um, you know, I I'm interested in seeing what, what the Hornets do over the next week because uh, the Rozier trade maybe signals like, Hey, we're going to blow this thing up a little bit. So, uh, interesting. All right. That'll do it. Thanks boys. This was a ton of fun. I feel like as we check the calendar, what day is the trade deadline? Exactly. It's Thursday, the eighth this week. Oh, wow. Thursday, the eighth. Well, I'm going to a Utah basketball game, so I can tell you we will not be doing it on the eighth, but Perhaps a post-President's Day weekend. I feel like the 24th or 25th is going to be some prime podcasting real estate for me. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get back together with Audrey and talk about what has happened if a trade deadline and uh, take a look going in. And then once we hit, you know, once we hit March, like I feel like we do just some in-show planning here. I feel like we do a show, you know, a week into March and we do a show at the end of March, and then we preview the playoffs right before round one starts, and then we go back to that when we, if we can make it happen, we go back to that weekly during the playoffs until uh, we get to kind of a conference finals. Does that sound good to everyone? That sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah. All right. Dope. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.